As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Very spooky. Hello, everybody. Oh, hello. <laughs> Cheerio. Top, Top of the of morning. Oh, look at us. <laughs> both said it <laughs> this is two girls one ghost two girls one ghost and we're here here we are we're your ghostesses that's corinne hi and i'm sabrina and this is an encounter encounters where we read your stories you our listeners are um mm-hmm. members of our pyramid scheme uh our cult or whatever you want to call it uh our fan club not a fan club well, you could be. We're fans of you, which is why we're reading your stories. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it is a fan club. It's just the reverse of what you'd think. I had one of those moments where I was saying a sentence and totally forgot what I was saying. And I'm so glad I have you to get me back on track. But basically, you guys <laughs> send us your encounters with the paranormal, the alien, supernatural, anything strange and unusual. And we read it back to you and add yeah, commentary because we love to conspire and create conspiracies about your stories. So much speculation on this podcast. So much. Do you want to go first? I can go first. I feel like I always go first, but I'm pretty sure I said that last time. You and did. Then you went first. So I think I went first for like 12 episodes. Then you went and now it's my turn to go for 12 episodes again. Yeah, it is. That, that is the That's pattern. The pattern. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is called Middlebury Ghost Child. Hey guys, I've been obsessed with your podcast for the past two weeks and I just made it to episode 19. Whoa. Oh, wait, this was from 2018. So hopefully, hopefully this listener is still with us. <laughs> still with us. Uh, just made it to episode 19 where someone wrote about a ghost child in Middlebury, Vermont. I'm originally from Middlebury and when I heard this story, I was so shaken. I missed my bus stop and was late for work. <laughs> a lot of people I've been close with throughout my life have passed away. And the first of these people was my uncle when I was four years old. The first three times that I went with my mom to visit his grave, I saw this girl who looked a little bit older than me. And every time I saw her, we would make eye contact and then she would run away. I remember wondering where her mom was and and telling my mom that there was another girl close by. But my mom said that we were the only people in the cemetery. I never thought to look into it because I was so young at the time. But hearing about this eight-year-old girl that someone else has seen in the same area gave me chills. I'm glad that this listener talks to her now, and I'm curious about how many other people she might have presented herself to. Thank you both for killing it with the podcast, and keep up the good work. Morgan. 
Whoa. I love when our listeners hear a story and then it's like, oh my gosh, put together all the pieces. Maybe I saw that same ghost too. It makes us realize we're not all alone. We're not all alone. And it's, yeah. We have shared experiences. Not only not only just a familiar experience, but like this very likely could be the same exact spirit. Yes. It very, yes. I'm, I can't really remember that first story off the top of my head. Well, at this but, point, it was three plus years ago. <laughs> yeah. Done, I'm like, that's what I mean. stamp of this. I can know. hardly remember last week. I know. Let alone, or I can hardly remember what I'm saying middle of the sentence <laughs> a few minutes ago. So what do you guys want from me? But it could also, I mean, I know we've said cemeteries are often more quiet than, mm. you know, other places, but it is a cemetery. So it's possible it's a ghost of someone buried in the cemetery. Right. I would just really love to live next to a cemetery. I think it would be very peaceful and that mm-hmm. I just feel like there's less of a chance of something really horrifying happening. Like you're already, you already have all of the good spirits and just like general passerbyers and spirit form there. The only bad thing that could happen is like local teenagers and maybe one day our eventual kids going out there and playing with the Ouija board and inviting who knows what darkness. No, because in, I into will your backyard. change my sleep patterns. I will stay up all night. I will be the protector of the graves. I'm pretty sure there's a job that they do that already. <laughs> Probably. But I'm <laughs> going to do it wearing an all black cloak and a veil and then i'm gonna be the ghost that everyone sees they're not gonna look like the reaper (laughs) the house at the end of the street has a crazy person it's me it's me (laughs) oh your kids are gonna have so much fun feel bad for them already but i feel good about myself so i think that's all that matters. matters okay what do you have Okay, this is from Maddie, and it's called Camping and Tents and Ghosts. Oh, my. Hi, my name is Maddie, and I can't stop listening to your podcast. I love it. Now, I'm one of your listeners in Europe, or specifically Poland, and all I have to say is, boy, do we have haunted places and so many ghosts. I think you would love it here because of that. Now, my personal experiences that your podcast actually triggered me to talk about is one that happened a long time ago and haunts me to this day. It's from when I believe I was eight or nine years old and was camping during one of our annual camping trips with my brother and my dad. We were both down south in a mountain range that is one of the oldest ranges in Europe. It also happens to be quite spooky in the fall, which is when we were on our trip. I remember it being foggy and drizzling during the time of what happened. So as a kid, I was aware of the legends that surrounded these mountains. People believe, and I'm pretty sure that it is documented, that on the nearby mountains in this area was where witches used to meet and do rituals. Now, it's become somewhat of a tourist attraction. So in the stores, there are dolls that look like witches or small figurines of them. And that's how little me knew that this place had a spooky past. And I loved it until this happened. So on that day, we decided to stay on a campsite that was right next to a rapid river. As I mentioned, it was drizzling and quite dark at that time, so we were just hanging out in our tent. My dad was working on his computer, and my brother and I were reading. At some point, I stopped reading and looked at the side of the tent. At that moment, something like a white flashlight appeared to flash somewhere outside, and it seemed to be facing our tent. I knew that it couldn't have been anyone from the nearby tents or the road because we were located in the first line of tents from the river. So flashing a light from there just wouldn't make sense. So we asked my brother and dad if they saw it too, and when they looked, it stopped. 
So I told them about what I saw, and they were intrigued. So we all went outside hesitantly and looked at where I believed that I had seen the light. All there was were trees on the other side of the loud, rapid river. Nothing unusual. We looked for a while, and they kept asking me if I was sure I saw anything at this point. So they dismiss it and head back to the tent. But I stayed there, and I stared at those trees. And after a while, I noticed something that appeared at what felt like between blinks, just between the trees. It was a dark figure, human shape, with something pointy on its head. But what was terrifying about it was the two small yellow points in the place of the eyes. They were glowing brightly. I couldn't move. Panicked, I looked around to see if any other campers were around to see, but nobody was there, and everyone was in their tents. I looked back, and as I thought the shadow figure had disappeared, I noticed it, again, more to the right, standing this time closer to the river, hence closer to me. Its eyes were so scary. I didn't need to see anything else, and I ran barging into the tent, shaking. I told my brother and dad what I had seen, and they checked, but it was gone. I could not sleep that night still seeing those two yellow points in my head. After that, when I finally dozed off, calmed by my dad, nothing unusual happened. In the morning, I looked again, but nothing was there, and I haven't seen the shadow person ever again. It still sometimes doesn't let me sleep when I think about it, though. Thank you so much for reading my story. Keep up the good work. Your podcast really is great, and when I listen to it, I feel like I'm sitting next to you guys. See you on the other side, Maddie. I'm really trying to visualize these eyes right now because i can't it makes me think of like haunting a uh, bly manor the two yellow like the flashlight oh thing. yes yeah the reflection of the beams the and the bright glasses. eyes yeah i know because at first i was like i don't know I, as soon as i heard pointed i was like oh a gnome but <laughs> i think i was thinking the costume you just you just said you were gonna wear to protect your cemetery yeah yeah, I don't know. It was just Corinne in the maybe woods. Maybe it is. Maybe it's an alien. Or, I mean, we just you just did a whole episode about creepy things that happen when people are hiking and camping I, yeah. and disappearances and all the strange things that are out in those parks. True. And if this place has that much history, who knows what it could be? I know, because the other thing, too, now I'm reminded of in the last episode that we did with uh, that story of little... John Doe, whose grandmother was pulled out of the tent, and then that like alien type mm. figure took on her appearance. Remember, she said the yep. night before with the flashlight, all she could see was glowing red eyes. So now it's making me think that, you know, it, eyes glow. When there's a flashlight on them, eyes glow, whether it be a deer or a dog or a human or what. So you're catching the reflection of something, whether that be a paranormal mm-hmm. something or something of this earth that we just don't know about. And so it feels paranormal. But she wasn't using a flashlight. She was just standing there looking out. That's true. That's way creepier. (laughs) (laughs) The eyes were just reflecting because they were yellow. Also, I'm just imagining it like, because she, at first, what kind of caught her attention was the fact that she felt like someone was shining their flashlight towards her tent. Mm. But it was this creature's eyes eyes the entire time. Yeah, that's so creepy. Ooh, oh, this is really, I know that they don't have glowing eyes, but this is just making me think of signs. I'm just like thinking of this creature coming and like invading your space and you're the target. And oh my gosh, that's, yeah, that's bizarre. You've got aliens on your mind. I do. I'm shocked you don't. Where are you? Why are you not with me here? 
You're normally... Oh, normally I have just, aliens on my mind. Yeah. I have an alien story that I am saving for okay. the very end. I was going to say, I thought that that was just like your baseline. That's your... Oh, yeah, it is. I constantly am praying <laughs> to the alien gods to abduct me. Well, maybe one day your wish will be answered. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. The title of this is, We're Not Superstitious, Just a Little Stitious. Oh. Great. Michael Squat. Michael Squat. Michael Squat. Michael Squat. (laughs) Yikes. This is a hard one to to record and read because i'm so tired and you're forgetting what you're saying halfway through the sentence it's just i'm broken we're we're both somewhere okay but we're here we're we're not superstitious we're just a little stitious hey you ghouls i hope y'all are doing well i've been listening for a while now and i have to say this podcast is my favorite go-to listen thanks for doing what you do honored thanks for doing what you do I have many encounters myself, but I recently got the courage from listening to y'all to talk to others about ghostly experiences, and it has been enlightening, to say the least. Sorry, this is kind of long, but worth the read, I think. Lately, my family has been getting together every few weeks for dinner nights. My sister and I live in New Orleans now, so we're trying to visit home in Baton Rouge more often. Jealous! At our last dinner night in August, right as we were leaving to drive back, I took a page out of y'all's book and suddenly asked my dad, do you believe in ghosts? (laughs) He immediately said yes, without even thinking about it. I was pretty shocked since I always thought of my dad as pretty practical. He's a Marine and a police officer, and he's never expressed interest in the paranormal or spiritual. It wasn't until our next dinner night that I got the chance to ask him and the rest of the family why. While he admitted that he hadn't seen much himself, he said, I heard stories from people that I trust, so there's got to be something to it. Ugh, this is the best. So good. My dad enlisted in the Marine Corps when he turned 18. I feel like there's so much in like the Army, the Navy, the Marine Corps, Air Force, like so many people are, I feel like there's so many experiences from these places and from these groups. Edwards Air Force Base, it's super haunted. Okay. My dad enlisted in the Marine Corps when he turned 18. He and my mom were high school sweethearts, so they got married and they moved to North Carolina when my dad got sent to Camp Lejeune. While on base, some other Marines had some interesting experiences on guard at night. There we go. One time, these guys were at their post guarding one of the entrances to the base. This was in the late 80s, so there was a phone booth out near the road where people frequently used It was super laid out when a man from the base asked the guards if he could use the phone since no one was in there. One of the guards responded, well, then who's that? Gesturing to the booth. They all looked out to see a woman in white with long, dark hair in the booth. She vanished at a second glance. 
Apparently, a woman who looked just like her had passed in a car accident on that road near the base, but her boyfriend had survived. Some MPs worked the scene a month or so before. On another night, someone my dad knew was guarding his post towards the end of the other base closer to the beach. The weather was pretty bad that night, and it was really late, but he saw something so clearly that he drew his firearm. A man wearing chains screaming and running full sprint towards him. (gasps) No. This Marine was so scared that he fired shots at the guy who suddenly disappeared. They later learned that during the slave trade, many enslaved people arrived through that area, which could explain the poor guy running. Oh, that's actually so depressing. On a lighter note, my dad said that the guy actually had to fill out paperwork since he discharged his weapon. No getting out of that, I guess. Obviously, after interrogating my dad for the rest of his stories, I turned to the rest of my relatives before they could escape, and oh, what tales they told. (laughs) My granny's also a believer. She has had her own experiences, but she also told me about a weird quirk she has. Sometimes, out of the blue, she'll think of a person that she hasn't seen nor spoken to in years, if not decades. Almost always, she'll later come to find that that person had some sort of accident, gotten ill, or passed away shortly after. Now she worries each time it happens because she knows something bad might happen to them. I found that I have something similar, except when a person pops into my head, no matter how long it's been, suddenly I'll find that person in my life. This has happened states away from where I'm from. Suddenly I'm in a new city and, whoa, that girl I haven't seen since second grade, but just thought about this morning, is in this mall. Weird. Whoa. On another note, I think my mom is a witch. She loves to garden, shoots chickens, makes homemade soap, collects crystals, and she has a fairy door. I didn't understand what it was when I was a kid, but now I do. I recently started following my own craft, so this is pretty cool to realize. I guess magic can hide in plain sight. I've got more stories about ghosts, orbs, and shadow people, but I think that's enough for now. Maybe next time. Thanks again. See you on the other side. XOXO, Sarah. This is the best, most ideal situation. Sitting down with your family, forcing them to tell every single story, ghost, paranormal story that they've ever experienced, and makes you guys grow closer. Yeah. You're connected and bonded by the paranormal. And not only getting some solid ghost stories, but also realizing through your familial line that you have your own sort of practice witchiness intuition mm-hmm. going on. And I think that's so exceptional that Sarah basically can feel people's energies. Like she's not just predicting what's going to happen, but she's just somehow taps in and is aware that someone else is around her. That's so fascinating because it's like, it makes you wonder if she feels energies like that all the time, like about other people too, but only because she like, she's met this person before that she like is able to put that into lo- logic sense. Or if it's one of those things where I'm trying to think if what's a, this is a poor analogy, but, but basically like if you, if you don't do well with dairy, but you're eating dairy all the time, you're just used to basically a constant stomach ache. So maybe she's just used hey, to- Hey, are you talking about me? <laughs> I'm talking about you. But it becomes kind of like this white noise. It becomes your new normal. So if she's always around yeah. certain people, she's not really pinpointing it. It just happens. But then if she ha- if she's away from this particular type of dairy, this person for a long time, and then it gets reintroduced, it's like, whoa, I feel that all of a sudden. You, yeah, that's true. Wow, I really liked this metaphor. <laughs> And then you poop your pants. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And her mom had a fairy door. Ah, I love that. You do. Yeah. 
you will live next to a cemetery. You'll be a black hooded reaper protector of the cemetery and you'll have a fairy garden and a fairy door. Did I tell you that my family, we were all as we normally do. It's a topic of conversation every month. If we win the lottery, Mm -hmm. what would we do with the money? It's always the topic. But we were like, okay, Uh beyond the lottery, if we had an exorbitant amount of money where like we donated to all the church, we did everything we could, but we still had like this insane amount left over to do just something extreme and weird and like throw away money mm-hmm. at what would we do? What would you do? And I decided that I would buy a huge plot of land. I would make the Candyland board game real. Oh, it would just basically be an amusement park, but you go through like gumdrop mountain or forest, forest. or whatever. Wow. You walk through the whole thing. I'm shocked no one's done that yet. I think it's a good idea, isn't it? It is, but I wonder, like, legally, are you able to call it Candyland? You'd have to partner up with them. I would definitely have to partner up with them. And I would also want to partner up with, uh, if anyone's been to Santa's Village over in bumfuck nowhere, New Hampshire. Oh, my God. (laughs) Best gingerbread men I've ever had in my whole life. Those cookies I dream about. I would have to partner up with their bakery because that's that's what I would want. Those are the gingerbread men. You would sell them or it would be part of, you would use it to make your No, I'd say give me your secret Krabby Patty recipe. This is now, we used to weave Harry Potter into every episode. Now it's going to be SpongeBob and Plankton. SpongeBob. (laughs) We do love Plankton. If you had a crazy amount of money, I'm going to ask you right now before we go on to the next part, what would you do? Well, I can't pay the aliens to abduct me because I've tried that. (laughs) Um, They don't accept a bribe. Story for another day. This is really hard because my first instinct is always to, go to like having a cat sanctuary but like i feel like yours is just like an out of this world idea that yeah it's like it's so ridiculous that unless you were just dripping in money okay but how long did it take for you to come up with it because you're putting me on the spot here and i feel like i need some time to mull this around okay 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 i will buy a plot of land next to area 51 and name it area 52 yes <laughs> Or I'll come up with like a new creative name, but my milkshakes will bring all the aliens to the yard. I love that. You should just build the tallest tower in the world so th- and then try to just like peer into Area 51 and see what's going on. Yeah. I'm super it's into it. It's a spy it. tower, but an obvious one. I also just got, I just watched my octopus teacher on- um, Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I cried. And I'm obsessed. It was so cool. So I think I could, my other option would be to just like- go live in a submarine down in like some really cool sea part of the world where there are cool creatures and try to study them. That would be awesome. And befriend them. Now that you've watched my octopus teacher, you should counter that with the ever depressing documentary called Sea Spiracy, which they really should have called Conspiracy, yes. which made me upset. But oh, um, what the heck? I know, such a missed opportunity. Well, I, I yeah. realized it when I kept accidentally calling it conspiracy. And then I was like, wait a second. <laughs> they didn't name it that. It's C-spiracy. How did they not but do that? Watch it. Yes. Watch it. I've heard a lot about that. I do want to watch that. Okay. But until then, I have <laughs> another story. And this is a two-parter. And it's from Kylie. And this is also from 2018. If you can't tell, I was a little inspired from your camping stories or your hiking disappearances last week. <laughs> Hi, Corinne and Sabrina, my name is Kylie. I'm from Chandler, Arizona, and I have a story for you. So, me and my boyfriend, Emilio, were camping in a popular site, which was empty for some reason. So, we thought we were lost, and we decided to just stay there for the trip. By the time we were done setting up, it was time to go to sleep around 1.30 a.m. So, me and Emilio 
are the lightest sleepers in the world. And I awoke for no random reason. But when I looked straight ahead, I saw a shadowy figure standing right in front of me. Emilia woke up and asked what was wrong, and I didn't reply because I was in shock. We went to see what was out there, but there was no one else, and the park ranger office, which was near the campsite, was empty. So we don't know who was there, but we did research on our way back home and found that a family went missing in that area, and it was said that the father looks for a home for the family. When we got home, Emilio took a shower, and I was in the closet right across from the shower, and he screamed because he had noticed that he had three huge scratches on his back. And then I noticed I had been bitten as if by a human. And we don't know what it was that did it, but we are okay as far as we can tell. And she attached photos. And the bite mark is the most bewildering thing I've ever seen. It is a full human bite mark. Look okay, at it. I'm looking. Oh, I see. We already responded it's like to this email. I am screaming. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <gasps> oh, oh, full body chills. It like almost broke skin. Oh gosh. Okay, this is like disturbing because not only is it a bite mark, but it, it looks like the whole teeth indented like it was like like the bottom of the teeth, yeah. Yeah, like it like you pressed the whole front of the teeth in yeah. as well as biting the bottom. It's like when you go and take an imprint for like a retainer yes, or something, it looks like that. It does. Wow. It's it's like really bad. We're not exaggerating. You can see it's bruising. It looks like it it almost burst yeah. through the whole skin. We'll ask Kylie if we can share it. But so then the second part of this email is what? Maybe like a week later. A week later, she goes camping again. She goes, hi, ladies. It's me again, Kylie. Boy, do I have a story for you. So this was a week later after the last incident in, in Arizona. And me and my boyfriend, Emilio, decided to go camping again, but a different campsite. So it was around 6.30 when we left our house and around 7 o'clock when we got there. We decided to stay at a cabin in the woods. I know, sketchy. It was a small, tiny cabin. It had one room and an island in front of the sink. So as soon as we got to the cabin, I felt sick. Emilio decided that it would be a better idea if I got some rest because we had had a long day. I woke up to get a glass of water because I woke up to a huge headache. Then, as I was walking down the stairs, I heard a slight whisper saying, Stay with him. I ran back upstairs to see if Emilio was okay, and luckily he was. I went downstairs again and heard a loud thud from the room. I dropped the cup and started yelling, Emilio, Emilio. Again, we're the lightest sleepers. But when I open the door, I see a shadow figure of a woman with brown hair, pink lips, and pale skin with blue eyes on top of (gasps) Emilio. I run to him, but then I passed out. When I woke up, I started crying, and Emilio ran to see what happened, and I was randomly downstairs again in the living room. I hugged him and told him I loved him and told him what happened. And we went to breakfast, and the lady who took our order looked a lot like the shadow figure. <gasps> oh, my God, So no. instead of eating, I suddenly left the booth and ran outside and cried. Emilio ran after me and said we should pack up and leave and go home. Until this day, I don't leave Emilio out of my sight, and he doesn't leave me out of his. Thank you for reading. Bye. Oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this one disturbs me so much because it's one of those things where you can't quite make sense of where you are, what time it is, how you got to the room, why that person looks like this. Like, it makes you feel like you're losing your own mind. Mm-hmm. You start to question yourself and can you trust yourself? Oh, and the the fact that 
something there was good, right? Because something whispered to her, stay with right. him. Knowing that this other creature was encroaching upon Emilio. Was there <gasps> part of me? Okay, well, first of all, Kylie and Emilio, I feel like you guys have bad luck with camping. So maybe, I don't know, sage before you take a, settle yeah, in take for the night. Or so, I don't know. Or if it were me, I would never camp yeah. again. <laughs> maybe go glamping but from I'm, now on. No tent. I mean, they had a cabin. That was true. That is kind true. of true. Part of me wonders, though, if it's the same creature. Oh, just like both times. Yeah, the bite mark and the scratches. It feels a bit succubus like, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, the way that she described this creature or spirit or whatever yeah. it is, like the it's it's reminding me of Lady Gaga in American Horror Story, Roanoke. <laughs> Remember. Because she played like the devil almost. Yeah. It was just this, this like sp- in Roanoke spirit, this like forest spirit that basically was a succubus and yeah. entranced this other person. And this kind of feels like that. It's, it's danger. And yeah, I don't like it. But it especially freaks me out the fact that he was bitten the first time. And then the second time they go camping, this happens. Plus the woman at the diner looking a- an awful lot like. That spirit, yeah. mm. it makes me wonder if like, is the woman in the diner, is she entirely innocent here or is she practicing some sort of magic or, or using Ouija boards, using something in the incorrect manner or with malicious intent where it's something else is using her likeness and she's giving it permission to use mm. her likeness or she's projecting herself in astral form to do harm. Well, that's very scary. I was going to say maybe this is this is also scary in a different way. The idea that like these dark entities know everything that's going mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. So they knew that the next day Kylie and Emilio were going to go to this diner and see this specific woman. So like it took on the form of someone that would they would later run into to then like extend the fear. Right. It was manipulating them past just still feeding on their energy and diminishing their yeah sense of safety just being scary old thing scary old Ooh. things we can't we can't get away from them because obviously we love this topic so <laughs> we if, love stories if we're not experiencing it we're talking about it we're reading about it we're listening about to it alrighty let me read this one this one the title kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Kylie's experience. Okay. This is from Cece, and it's called, Do I Really Exit My Body Every Single Fucking Night? Hello, beautiful humans, cat, and ghost. My name is Cece, and I've been wanting to write in for quite a while. I attempted to in the past, but I think I typed in the email wrong. Anywho, I have a few stories that I would like to share with you, but we'll just write and see where this takes me and how much I choose (laughs) to disclose in this email. (laughs) I love that. Just sit down and, Just and write it all out. See where you go. Dear diary, we are your diary. First off, I would like to share a love story with you. Not a romantic love, but the everlasting unconditional love that a parent has for their child. When I was seven, my cool cat dad left this plane to look after me and my siblings more closely. I'll never forget the day that my mom told me that he wouldn't be coming home from the hospital because God decided to take him back. Oh, looking back on it, I'm 28 now. It impressed me that I would understand what that meant, even being mature for my age my whole life. 
Even more so, knowing my father was an atheist and I already had adopted the beliefs from him because I was and still am daddy's little girl. We wept together and I let her hold me while I cried, also rare even to this day. The funeral came soon after, of course. I now know why I was catching stares. All of these people I didn't know and didn't know me were feeling pity upon me. A little girl that wouldn't get to know her father as an adult. As most people do in this country. Mm. The hardships that followed throughout my life almost cost me my life time and time again, but that's not why I'm here. I'm here for the ghost stories. So fast forward a couple years, my mother, closest sister, and I were living in a two-bedroom apartment in old Hackettstown, New Jersey. Right when you walk into my front door, there's a giant entertainment stand that came from my father's house after his death. On the top shelf were three framed pictures from left to right. My second oldest sister, me, a crystal angel facing out looking over the room, and my closest in age sister. One night, my mother began to scold my sister and I for moving the angel, now facing my picture. We swore that we didn't touch it, and I haven't grown since this happened, so I stand at an overwhelming five feet even, and my sister is an Amazon standing at five foot eight, and she would even have a hard time reaching into the case to turn the angel without a step stool. This went on a few more times, and my mother chopped it up to the upstairs neighbors and vibrations coming from upstairs to shift only the angel. Okay, mom, whatever helps you sleep at night. It continued to happen, and one night my mother, a spiritual borderline religious person, prayed every night and every morning, and still does. She asked my dad to stop moving the angel in a prayer because it was scaring her. And it never happened again. I went on to have dreams of phone calls with my father's laughter on the other end, and I'll occasionally get pranked by him from time to time, just so I know that he's still with me. But my most recent experience I had with my pops was about a month or two ago. My fiancé and I moved into a beautiful two-bedroom apartment in Colorado with a gorgeous view of the Rockies from the living room. I have my crystals all over and sage in every room. It's finally home, and I couldn't be more excited making it truly ours, a.k.a. fill it with a bunch of shit we like so that we can move all of our cool shit to a permanent house one day soon, hopefully. So I set up this little shrine (laughs) kind of for my dad in our room by the door. And I'll send photos for reference, but it's just a little black bookcase, the bottom reserved for my kitty, Sexy Jazz, a gift for my father, and I'll include in this email since he came up. On top, I have an intentions jar with a charm of the Eye of Buddha on the metal lid, which is sitting to the left of an old school photo of my father playing the flute, one of his ties on the frame, his memorial card in the frame, and my tiger's eye pendulum hanging over the tie. After I was done moving stuff around, home alone for the first time since we moved, I was satisfied with how it looked and I turned on my heel to do more stuff in the room. As I turned, I heard an odd clanking sound. I turned back knowing exactly where it came from and the Buddha charm was flipped upside down on the lid, still wobbling from the movement. My heart dropped and I walked over and I started messing with it, trying to reenact the sound in any logical way, like maybe I placed it on the edge and it slid but it wouldn't explain the flipping. I sat there and I looked at my dad's picture and I felt warm and safe. And I said out loud, hey dad, you like the new place? I'm happy knowing he digs it as much as I do. And I think he, and I think he likes the area I have for him with a nice handmade sage wrap by yours truly hanging above it. I love you all dearly. Love the energy you guys have. I'm totally hooked and finally caught up. So Sunday, I now have my favorite day of the week. Thank you so much for reading, and please feel free to share for those experiencing close deaths. Love transcends death. 
that always was and always will be. Trust that you're never truly alone. Blessed be Cece. Ugh, it, I'm, it's so I know heartbreaking and devastating to think that she lost her dad when she was young, but also so beautiful and heartwarming to know that he's been with her and been watching over her her entire life. And that all of her experiences with her, like, or with him, granted, I know she said that her sister got a little spooked by it, but... Or her mom, yeah. Or her mom, sorry, yeah. Mom got spooked out by it, but, like, it sounds like all of the things were, Mm -hmm. like, very sweet and kind, and you could tell that it was him. And it's small movements, right? It's not anything that's supposed to overly startle you. And the objects that he's chosen to move are supposed to be representative Mm -hmm. of love and light and an afterlife and family like a a buddha and an angel those are really good artifacts to be moving Mm -hmm. around the home i i like i when when was that email sent because i want to know they they were engaged i wonder if anything if they got married did anything happen at the wedding or this was this was oh this was this was only three four months ago Okay, so keep us updated because I can't wait to hear what he does at the wedding. He's going to be there. That's so beautiful. Special attention. Look for details on your your wedding photos Mm -hmm. for little flashes of light or clues in the background, reflections in the windows. You never know what you'll see. I wonder if you can like hire someone to do that for you and like look through your photos for paranormal stuff. Hire us to do it. That sounds fun. I think that, can we make that a job? I think so. (laughs) Uh, We can do whatever we want. We made this a weird side job and it's working. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Okay. I have a story from Crystal and it's called, My Husband Saw My BFF Ghost. Good day, Sabrina and Corinne. First off, thank you for this amazing podcast. My daughter's ages five and seven love listening to TGOG podcast, and I also got my husband hooked as well. Aw. Let me begin by telling you that my best friend, Colin, not his real name, passed on June 18th, 2018, the day after Father's Day. And let me tell you, it was the toughest month, or this was sent kind of just after, so she wrote that it has been the toughest month for his family and myself. Colin was my best friend since eighth grade, and we knew everything about each other. We haven't seen each other in over four years, but we always communicated and kept each other updated on our lives. Sadly enough, I found out about my friend's passing through social media. Thankfully, I was alone at my office because I was crying hysterically. My boss saw me and let me go home for the rest of the day. The next day after work, I wanted to send my mom a photo of my daughter's. And as I was attaching my daughter's photo, a photo of my friend Colin showed up on my gallery and this meme poem titled, I know her, and I'll read it to you. The poem read, I know her. Someone asked me if I knew you. I laughed and I said, ha, that's funny. I adore that woman. She's blessed, caring, loving, sweet, beautiful, a woman of spirit. And she's reading this message right now. I love her. I immediately start freaking out because I didn't know I could save photos to my gallery from Facebook, and Colin had sent me that photo through Messenger two years ago. He's wearing a fedora, skinny jeans, and a brown blazer. I still, to this day, don't know how that photo or the meme poem photo came from and how they got onto my saved gallery, but what the poem said made me cry as I read it out loud. I have a feeling it was Colin telling me what he thought of me. I told my husband what was happening, and he immediately took several steps away from me. I asked him what's wrong. 
he took a long pause and said that our oldest daughter was in the kitchen this afternoon and there was a black figure standing outside the kitchen window. The figure seemed to have its attention on my daughter and it stood there for three to four minutes. My husband was in the other room looking, staring at the figure and he said that the figure was wearing the same hat, the fedora, that my friend was wearing in the photo and had the exact same body type. The energy that he felt was like the figure was checking in and it didn't give off any negative vibes. I strongly believe that it was my friend Colin. The last conversation we had was me telling him to come visit my place. A week later was Colin's funeral. My husband and I were on the way to the funeral. We were running late and I was getting impatient with my husband's slow, aka going the speed limit driving. He noticed my frustrations and we struck up a conversation about Colin. Our windows were down and I told my husband that I wish Colin would have said something to me before he passed. My husband went on about how he can relate to my feelings and after this statement, I rolled up my window, but my husband's window got stuck. I immediately thought of Colin and looked at my phone for the time and my phone randomly went back one hour. The windows in my phone have never experienced this and my husband and I looked at each other and immediately thought it was Colin. I take this incident as my friend letting me know that he was listening and not to rush to his funeral. Every day since he's his passing, I've asked him to visit me in my dreams, and thankfully I've seen him twice. Both have seemed so real, it felt like I could touch him and hear his voice. Thank you for the podcast, and thank you for reminding us that our loved ones are with us all the time. Sage up. Love, Crystal. Wow. Okay, that's beautiful. You know, we've talked before about how just because you can't see the image of someone just because they're shaded out mm-hmm. misty or lacking f- features does not mean that it's it's a negative spirit right. it's just sometimes how people present themselves depending on how they died or p- potentially their energy or or just the way that they're choosing to present themselves whether that they think it's less scary or what but i think that's really special that that he left so many clues and actually physically came and just checked in on the family and that the husband was right there to witness it, Mm -hmm. witness this four minute long visitation. And that would be normally a pretty scary thing to see that happen and to have your child be the one that's, you know, closest to this spirit. But the fact that the dad just sat there and felt comfortable enough with the energy in the room to be like, yeah, he's just checking in. And he's amazing and i bet her husband would have like kept it to himself but had crystal not shown him like the photo and everything that had happened to her he wouldn't have put the two things together right clearly he was shocked and moved yeah he he took steps away back yeah whoa wow uh oh my goodness wow that's amazing i'm curious that the fedora this makes me think that we need some special little style or marker indicator <laughs> so that when we present ourselves it's like undoubtedly fine i'll shave us. my hair into a mohawk grin <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love uh, it <laughs> i'm gonna start wearing my head like hair an old football head and then you can do mohawk tall this and long is, this seems like the most rational way to have markers <laughs> We're changing up our lives for 2021. <laughs> wow. wow. What a beautiful story, though. Yeah. Yeah. And I am I'm. I would love to hear more about the dreams that Crystal's had with Colin, too. Just, you know, because I feel like the ones I've had, I've had a v- variety of them. But, like, 
they really just feel like conversations with that person that's deceased, but like it feels so mm-hmm. real and it's almost like, you know, catching up with like a long lost friend and you spend like right. however much time with them just talking. I think too, like with dreams, I've only had them a couple times, you way more so than more frequently than me. Mm-hmm. But like it, if I'm remembering the couple times I've had them, it's I'm also like aware, like, huh, I'm with this person. And I'm I'm very aware that I'm with them and that that person has passed. Like you're, mm-hmm. it's not just like a weird dream and you wake up that next morning being like, oh man, you're aware in the dream of of the odd circumstances surrounding right. the visitation. Yeah, I've had somewhere like because I'm so in that moment, you almost don't think about the fact that they were even they're even passed away in real life because it feels so real. And then when you wake yeah. up from it, you're like, oh my gosh, that was like the that was an interaction with them. Oh my goodness. Okay, fine. I'm going to go to bed and lay there in bed and hope to talk to my loved ones tonight. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, I have an email called St. Augustine Encounter. (gasps) Still determined to go visit St. Augustine. Yes. Hi, Sabrina and Corinne. I hope you're both doing well. I really enjoyed the podcast and thanks for building such a great community with your positive spooky vibes. I'm Mike, and I work in TV and film in New York City as a camera technician. I do a lot of different types of troubleshooting with equipment, so I'm happy to help you guys if you ever need with your audio equipment. Mike, we're probably- we needed you last week. <laughs> <laughs> we need like an on-call button, like panic, panic. Mike. Just calls up Mike. Ah. Okay. We just have an alarm in his house that we just hit, we can activate from anywhere, so we startle the shit out of him. Yeah. But it's just like rattling, scratching on windows. Boo! It's um our what's this? What are the superheroes in SpongeBob? I'm really making oh, this. Oh, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Yeah, don't they have like an alarm alert when they have to like go down into their car? <laughs> Probably their invisible car. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. Saint Augustine College. My family lives in Central Florida, about 20 miles south of Saint Augustine, and the lore there is really interesting. I hear a new story every time I go back, whether it's from something at my parents' house or in that town. One story from St. Augustine that I found pretty terrifying is of Alice Ida, one of the phantom ladies at Flagler College. Henry Flagler was the founder of Standard Oil and was abundantly rich. He built a beautiful hotel in 1887 called, you're going to have to help me with this one again, Sabrina, Ponce de Leon. Hotel? Yeah, that makes that works. Okay. Alice Ida was the second wife to Henry Flagler, and she was supposedly a little mentally unstable and had an opiate addiction. Laura says a spirit claimed that she was communicating with the last czar of Russia via Ouija board Ooh. and that he would be her new future husband. 
Oh? She would spend a lot of time on the fourth floor of the hotel, surrounded by mirrors, and she became obsessed with the occult and attempted to actually murder Henry. Oh. Henry had her sent back to New York and put into a hospital, and up until her death, she claimed that the czar would be her next husband. Flash forward to 2007, and the hotel is now Flagler College. The town has a pretty active ghost tourism community and is popular with the students at the college. Even though Alice died in New York, there have been several sightings in the college of a woman in white that resembles Alice. One student in particular decided to do a report on Ouija boards because of Alice's obsession. She even switched her dorm to the same area that Alice used to live in to try to talk to her. Whoa. Tried for a few weeks and got nothing, so she grew tired of trying. A sense of dread started to develop in the student, and she started to have some suicidal tendencies. One night, her door was locked and her roommate could not get in. She heard screams from inside the room, and so her roommate rushed to go get security. They could not get through the door. It was as if you were trying to get through a brick wall. So the school called the fire department. The fire department got their ladder up to the window and told the firefighter to get the girl. And he looked at the window and asked, back down the ladder, which one? (gasps) The student was saved left the school, and moved to another state. Oh? She was contacted by a paranormal show shooting down there and asked about her experience, but she refused to speak about the whole thing. Of course, after hearing this story in St. Augustine, I had to look it up to see if it was true, but I couldn't find anything. I can't remember the names from this ghost story, but I think I first learned about it from an underground ghost tour there. Maybe one of your listeners knows? If nothing else, it's just a fun story and a friendly reminder that Ouija boards aren't toys and you don't know who you're talking to. Keep spooky. See you on the other side. All the best, Mike. I'm shook. This is so spooky. So spooky. I hope that girl is okay after this experience. I mean, whether she was talking to Alice or something dark, I don't know. But like for it to be as traumatic as it sounds, and for her to have to leave the school because of it, I hope she's okay. Right. I know. Just imagine. So the screams, that makes me feel like she finally saw Alice, and Alice was essentially keeping her locked in this room. Right. But then it's like, it's so interesting because she was so fascinated with Alice just from the get-go, so much so that she switched her dorm room so that she could try to communicate with her, right? So it's like, was Alice kind of manipulating this from the beginning? Right. Or was it even Alice at all? Was yeah. it this quote czar. unquote like, czar from Russia, this yeah. other spirit or entity that's controlling and manipulating presumably Alice in the beginning and then maybe now this other woman? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, the, that obsession that, you know, it's one thing to do a report on local lore yeah. and one thing to do a report on Ouija boards, but to change your entire college experience and like to work to actively put yourself in the same situation, like that's. That's not a normal book report. That's that's, that's field a real study. dedicated study. Yeah. Yeah. Which I commend her for, but it does feel mm-hmm. like there's something malevolent to it. I am curious though, like with Alice, because obviously we have skepticism around Ouija boards, but what if Alice was actually talking to the last czar of Russia and mm-hmm. the two of them, when they're reincarnated in the next life, will actually get married? Perhaps. Yeah. I mean, that other woman was talking to that that pirate and married him down in that same area. That's true. Didn't they get divorced, though? I think they did. It didn't work out. Yeah, that's okay. They they gave it a shot. They did. 
I just speaking about all of this and like reincarnation and all of that makes me so badly wonder if there is someone, whether it be God or what you, whatever you believe in, or a spirit who just like was given the job, the title of being in charge of tracking the like reincarnation in your past lives. Like I want to see that tree oh, and who you're connected to and who everyone was in a past life. Yeah. Not only who you were, but everyone else in your life. Yeah. Like the people who are connected to you. Yeah. Because what if you live a time, like what if Sabrina in this timeline is married to Nick, but then in another timeline, you lived without Nick there and, and he lived another timeline without you there. Mm-hmm. And he was the czar of Russia and you were, I don't know, some famous person in Egypt. <laughs> you were an, you were the first ever opera singer in Egypt. I was Cleopatra or you were Cleopatra. <laughs> I was thinking a little more modern, but honestly, Cleopatra wasn't that long ago, which blows my mind. Yeah. When you think about history. But yeah. What have you built? You put down the very first stone of the first pyramid. Wow. In Egypt. I would, I'd be honored to have had that past life. It would have been pretty cool. It's just like, I love life. I get it. But there's so many things that like, I'm excited for, I'm excited for when I live my long life and pass on to the other side to get the answers to all these questions. No, it's just about... It's, it's the excitement of getting to know, but then it's also the desire to want to bring those memories into the next life with me. I don't want to forget again. Okay, well, maybe when I move on to the, to the other side, I will befriend the person who's been keeping track of all of this and in charge of past lives and reincarnation and everything, and I will become their intern. And then over time, I will become the they will go and become reincarnated i'll convince them we'll have like this really deep conversation and i'll say it's your time to go back now don't worry this is all in good hands and it i will take over this is very this is giving me the good place vibes <laughs> and then also i feel like this is going to be the moment in history where it's like mass enlightenment like suddenly everyone knows everything and it's because you've taken over and you're like, yeah, no, we can open up this flood of info. Oh, I wouldn't open it up. No, I, you wouldn't. I'd withhold the secrecy. I would take an oath. I'd sign an NDA. <laughs> I just want it oh, for myself. <laughs> can you imagine being a lawyer and then going into the afterlife and they like need you to still be a contract <laughs> lawyer? And you're like, are you kidding me? I have to make NDAs for all these people. <laughs> I thought this was heaven. <laughs> well, I think it all just gets made miraculously no one has to make it yeah that's the hope okay what do you have okay (laughs) it's from melanie hello corinne sabrina and lovely leia i can't believe oh this is 2018 but i can't believe i only just discovered your podcast a couple days ago because i'm so in love with it and have been binging all of the episodes at work uh side note i'm low-key jealous that you guys are more sensitive to paranormal phenomenon because i've always wanted to have that capability but nothing exciting ever really happens to me except for the story I'm about to tell you. My story is of my first and only sleep paralysis experience. And while I was in college, I was back home for a weekend and my parents had just gotten a new puppy named Juniper from a family friend of ours. I decided to take a nap in the early evening in the guest bedroom of the house and had read quite a bit about sleep paralysis and it seemed like such a horrifying experience but thought it was pretty rare, so it was never something I worried about. However, as I started waking up, I realized I was having sleep paralysis. 
and I was semi-consciously awake but couldn't move my body. And I could see most of everything around me, but it was kind of blurry. All of a sudden, I noticed in the corner of the room, there was a dark shadow forming. I started screaming at the top of my lungs to either get my parents to walk in and wake me up or wake myself up. Of course, the screaming was only in my mind and I wasn't physically able to do anything. I noticed that the shadow started growing and soon formed into a figure. Picture the scene from Insidious where the demon dude is standing in the corner of the kid's room and pointing at the boy. Oh. I was attempting with all my strength to wake myself up and was absolutely petrified of the fact that I couldn't control my body whatsoever. All of a sudden, I jerked awake because my dog, Juniper, had run into the door and busted it open. When I was fully awake, I had laid back down and started sobbing, but soon calmed down as Juniper jumped onto my bed and laid a sock on my face that she had been carrying and just started cuddling with me. Talk about dog of the year. When I had calmed down and realized what had happened, I couldn't help but think that Juniper could sense that I was in some sort of trouble and felt the need to come to me because I had been asleep for almost two hours and she decided in that very moment to run into the room that I was in. I hope you guys enjoyed my adorable story. See you on the other side and give your pets extra love because one day they may save you from an insidious-like monster while you're in sleep paralysis. Melanie. What a little sweetie, Juniper. I know. Juniper knew that it was time for the cuddles, time to be saved. And it was just in tune with the world. And and Juniper was a puppy. So imagine Juniper grown up. Juniper is going to be a ghost saving ghost butt kicking dog i you're making me think now we always say trust your pets and i do believe that all pets to a certain extent are obviously i say obviously like obviously they can see ghosts <laughs> but we always talk about that but I, i'm i'm curious to to know if it's a bit like people too where there are some dogs some cats some pets out there that are extra sensitive that have extra capabilities just like humans do when mm. it comes to the paranormal Maybe. I mean, I don't know. We'll ask that question of my mentee when I'm up in heaven. When For your future internship? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I know that I have to start as an intern. You got to start somewhere and work your way up. Earn their trust. Become buddies. Learn the become way. Buddies. Hopefully it's paid. You know, do we even need money in heaven? I, I don't know. Well, apparently you have NDAs. So. <laughs> True. You might have. It might not be any different than down here. But I wish we had the answers now. I know you're now looking forward to the internship you've given yourself. (laughs) But our podcast probably won't be happening. What if if we both remember and in our next life, we just pick up the podcast and we're two completely different people. But we're like, yeah, no, we remember what we said last time. Whoa. Okay. Okay. That's cool. But you know what's even cooler would be if you and I in our next lives find each other in a similar fashion. And start up a podcast and it like almost is verbatim this one, but we have no recollection of doing this one. But podcasts aren't even a thing at that point because it's like 300 years into the future. And then some historian finds all of these markers and are like, I think you guys are these two <gasps> women reincarnated from 300 years ago that had this podcast. Oh. And we're like, what are podcasts? We just think words and they automatically go into the into cyberspace the and into other people's brains. It's kind of like yeah. that listener who wrote that story of who we were. So, so, Sophina and Karina. Yeah. Oh. 
we're speculating maybe we were in a past life doing stuff like this. I like believe that, that, that we one. were. Listener poem. We definitely know each other from a past life. I think so, too. It was pr- it was almost immediate that when you and I met, we were like, ghosts. <laughs> so <laughs> we didn't say anything, like but were- we just looked at each other from across the room, yeah. across the theater and m- mouth the word ghost question mark. It's like f- fairly odd parents when they're like, fairly <laughs> odd parents. <laughs> we're just ghosts. Ghost. And then it, the uh, rest is history. But look at us now. Here we are. Here we are. It's great. Okay. I thought this was a fun one. This is from Michael. Hey, ladies and ghosts. There was a leprechaun at my elementary school. I was in first grade. I lived in Palm Springs, California. Around St. Patrick's Day, a group of kids found a tiny humanoid creature in the oleanders. I remember some of my friends were throwing rocks at it, and I didn't like that. And after knocking them around a bit, I told them to leave the leprechaun alone. And for about a week, I guarded his home. He looked like a little green alien with dragonfly wings. (gasps) He was naked. There was no genitalia. He didn't speak, but he buzzed. I watched him pray, he'd eat bugs, and he would hide in leaves. His skin would get greener and closer when he got to the oleander leaves. I say he looked like an alien because he had a look similar to the classic gray alien look. And at some point, he was gone and life went on. The reasons I believed that he was a leprechaun was because he lived in this little mud hut that I built him. And during the time that I guarded him, I was really lucky. I had a lot of cool things fall into place during that time. I love it. He was in first grade and it's like everything is falling into place. Falling yeah. Into place. <laughs> All the wishes come true. I don't remember any specifics, but it was definitely part of the illusion. I say illusion because I was six at the time. And at some point in my life, I looked back and I thought, oh, that was probably a praying mantis. I've seen many large praying mantises in Palm Springs, California over the years. And I think that this may have been one. I remember at some point before he disappeared, I was convinced that I understood his buzzing. He was thanking me for the home I built him, but I can't be sure of that today. Regardless, for one week in my life, I was the guardian (laughs) of the Cahuilla School Leprechaun. See you on the other side, Michael. Okay, it was not a praying mantis. It was for sure a leprechaun, and I will believe this till the day I die, (laughs) because that is the most beautiful, sweet story. Like, literally, this should be made into... My leprechaun teacher, the the sequel to my octopus, my octopus teacher. teacher. My octopus teacher. It's literally the cutest. It's so sweet. And you know what I, I really loved about this is even if it was a praying mantis, it just I just think so much of the beauty and the magic and the power of paranormal stories of ghost stories is just in the belief and what it teaches you about yourself and your own like care for other beings it doesn't matter so sweet but who who, or what it is but it was for sure a leprechaun and again not gonna let that (laughs) go but it sounds like i mean just based on the way that i'm understanding this story it makes me think that michael saved the leprechaun like these kids were bullying it and attacking it and it could have died but Michael like built it a home and protected it for that for that week and let it recover and get better so that it could fly off and do or go off and do what it needed to do, do its leprechaun thing. It was leprechaun thing. And, you know, praying mantises, if I mean, I might be incorrect now, maybe they're not endangered, but I thought that they were on the endangered species list at some point because I was always told like not to touch them, leave them be. It makes me wonder, could they be actually these species that we can communicate with in our minds it's just we're we've been taught to like you know don't 
give them their space. Don't fool around with them. So we don't have as many opportunities. And here Michael is being Eliza Thornberry, protector of the leprechaun. I don't know. I'm really into it. And now I want a leprechaun. <laughs> Add that to your house with the cemetery in the backyard. I want leprechauns. Fairies. Want cemeteries. You're going to have the best parties. Fairies. You're going to have so many little critter, critters and, and creatures. Land. Wow. Can't wait to come over to that You're house. Invited. <laughs> okay. You asked me what was going on with me, why I wasn't in alien mode. Well, I am. And this is a story from Whitney, and it is called Alien Past Life. Ooh. Hey, ladies. Y'all are my favorite podcast, and I've been listening for a solid two years now, and I tell everyone I talk to about spooky things that they need to listen to. Over the last six years, I've been going through a bit of a spiritual awakening. It started out with me and my sister going to a couple of group readings with mediums, and then I went to a group past life regression, but I didn't really see anything. Then I sort of fell into Reiki by attending a class that I somehow mistook for an information session, but I left as a level one healer, so that's a win. Nice. Right after this past New Year, 2020, I felt inspired to get an Akashic Record reading. I had heard of Akashic Records before as a scroll of all the things you've ever said or done or thought in this life and every other life, like a history of your soul. Oh, this is what I want to be an intern for, basically. But this was actually a lot more than that. We talked about how many spirit guides I had, information on the attached souls and earthbound spirits that were going through life with me, as well as my past lives and the ways that they are affecting me in my current life. I don't know what I was expecting, but my main objective was to see if I was on the right path and focusing on the right things. As it turns out, although I am not a new soul, this is one of the first lives I've lived on Earth. The reader detailed events of a couple of lives that I lived on another planet. So it could be said that I'm an alien. Apparently, I'm part of a quote-unquote soul group that has been incarnating here in higher numbers lately, and one of the traits of that soul group is that we're strong healers. In the first life I lived, somewhere not on Earth, there was an epidemic going through my village, and my past life grandmother, cousin, and I were all healers for our village. I was sort of my grandmother's apprentice. In that life, my grandmother and cousin caught whatever the illness was that was going around, and I couldn't heal or save their lives. Evidently, we made some sort of vow to protect each other, and since then, which she couldn't say when this was since time and space is probably different in that world and would likely blow my mind, but since then, their souls have been attached to mine in every incarnation. I had three earthbound spirits attached to me as well during my reading. Two were associated with the property I was living on, and one was my grandmother figure of mine, and was hoping I could help her move on. I thought about my great-grandmother, who was a Creek Native American healer, and from what I've heard, she could help people stop bleeding by reading from a Bible. My parents told me one day that she had wanted to teach me to be a healer, but I had been too young at the time. She passed away when I was nine. It could have been her, but who knows. Since the reading happened, I took another Reiki class, intentionally this time, and I've been meditating more. I may just be falling asleep, but once I've been in it for a while, my dog always sniffs me and knocks me out of it. I think he's my spirit animal. As we all know, there's a pandemic happening now, and several months after the reading, I lost my last living grandmother to complications after her fight with COVID. 
In midst of all of this, my mom has been more open than ever before about her own intuitions and seems to be enjoying our occasional Reiki sessions. I can't help but recognize the similarities between this new pandemic life and the past alien epidemic life, so I'm sure I have some things to learn from all of this. The reader also told me that I have been making astral portals in my sleep and I need to close them. I've always had very vivid dreams and sometimes see family members who've passed on, but this got me thinking. I'm realizing that most spooky things I've come across have happened while I'm sleeping. I've had at least three alarm clocks that I can remember randomly start turning on with static in the middle of the night and I had to give them away. So I haven't used an actual alarm clock in years. I also got an old TV from my papa when he passed away, and one night when I was staying up too late, it turned on by itself with just static. I told my papa, okay, I get it, I'll go to sleep, but then it kept turning on by itself and waking me up at night, so I had to get rid of that too. Once when I was young, I had a very vivid dream about a boy my age. I woke up and found a bell on a string, which I had never seen before, tacked to a corkboard in my closet along with a plastic rose which I had plenty of because it's Mardi Gras throw, but it was certainly not tacked to the board when I went to sleep. I was shaken up by it, but my whole family brushed it off, thinking I had just forgotten that I put those things there. That's all I've got for now. Corinne, I've read Many Lives, Many Masters and loved it. Sabrina, maybe you were also an alien in a past life. (laughs) And then she followed up saying, I forgot to mention that the most recent sleep-related weird thing that happened. It happened not long after I had the reading. I got up during the night and went to the bathroom, and I didn't turn the lights on so I wouldn't disturb my partner's human or canine. I was leaving the bathroom and passed by the mirror on the door. I looked closely at myself in the mirror because my eyes were really heavy, and I was struggling to open them all the way. I leaned closer to the mirror and opened my eyes more, and they were completely bloodshot, which made me realize, oh, that's normal because I'm still asleep. And then I just woke up in bed and said, hmm and went back to sleep. The bathroom looked identical to the real-life bathroom, so I was convinced that I had astral traveled. I guess I needed to pee, but didn't didn't want to get up? I don't know. Warm regards, Whitney. Wow. You know what's interesting? I I believe it was in her alien past life that she was talking about where it's still... I don't know what I was thinking aliens' lives would be like, but for some reason to me, I was blown away by the idea that it would still have like a grandmother figure, cousins, like this familial group. Right. This social group is still in existence in other planets and within other species. There is. Because I guess on Earth, it's not always the same. You know, if we think about, you know, lions versus wolves, it's entirely different. Right. There's apparently a group called star seeds, which are people that have had mm. a past life reincarnation that's not of this Earth. And I wonder if like that's the same soul group. Oh. One of our listeners, Nikki, sent us an email saying this and said there are hundreds and thousands of us out there. So maybe Nikki is one of them as well. How do you find out? Do you have you must have to do a reading. Sabrina, I feel like you would be one because why else would you have this insane draw? Okay, but if I was, why wouldn't they take me? Because you're meant to be here right now. They'll get you in the next one. Okay, fine. I still have issues with that, but. But you have s- such such little fear when it comes to it that it makes me think that you're, you're just, you're an alien. <laughs> <laughs> You've got an alien soul. I believe it. I'd buy in. Well, it reminds me of that, that kid. We've talked about him before that said that he grew up 
on Mars mm-hmm. or like in the center of Mars. And there was this whole whole colony crazy war and all, yeah, all of this stuff. But I think he was growing up in Russia, but there was a lot to do with his knowledge and understanding of life and events that couldn't be explained other than him just having this otherworldly knowledge. Know. And so people are like, it feels like such a wild tale to tell. But at the same time, we don't understand how he would know all of these things. Right. So I'm also so curious because like, I love space. I'm just so fascinated by space because it's so expansive and we just don't have the ability to know what's happening on planets billions of light years away. Like it's just impossible. Even if we can see the light like refracting from it or reflecting from it, like we truly just don't have the technology or ability to know if there's life out there. And since the universe is, mm. is infinite and assume, assumably doesn't end, to me, it makes so much sense that like, I don't know, all the way at the other side of the galaxy, there are humans or like people or whatever they may be that are living and maybe they get reincarnated and end up here or vice versa. Right. Your soul can go into different. Yeah. You don't have to. It's like now that I'm watching all of the Marvel movies, like you can exist. You can live on other planets. Mm-hmm. It's, conditions might be right. You know what freaks me out, though? I understand that you're fascinated by the universe, but when they when the universe is ever expanding, mm-hmm. like what the where is it expanding into? That's what I can't fathom. How do you just create more space? I think that's what's so like crazy about space, right? Is that it's just never ending but then it's like how does that our brains are just not equipped to fathom that we can't conceptualize it doesn't make sense because we're meant to be more logical and this is why aliens don't tell us things right that's why i saw i saw a video the other day this guy was saying he was just basically like creating creating a conspiracy or like alluding to uh something creepy but he was saying NASA was founded initially to explore our oceans, our seas. And ever since they went into the ocean, they've been trying really hard to get us off of this planet. So he basically <laughs> was like, what's in the ocean? <laughs> I mean, that is another, I mean, horrifying thing. We know more about space than we do about our own oceans, which is really kind of terrifying to think because there is a limit or an end to our ocean. But we are... yeah. Also, again, I feel like we don't have the technologies necessarily to go study it. I'm more afraid of our ocean than of space because Mm -hmm. space, either one present death, but with space, it is quick. It is a meteor crashing and and killing me almost instantly. It is me going into this oxygen suction, whatever, and just suffocating quickly. But with the ocean, there's such a battle for your life. You have to watch. I just watched this today. It's called Last Breath. It's a documentary on Netflix. And it's basically about this these divers who go out on like these massive boats, but then are like sent down to the very bottom of the seabed. And I think there are like oil rigs or something down there that they go and like mm. fix parts. And but they're so deep in the ocean that they pump helium and oxygen into the little like pod that they go down in so that it mm-hmm. like is the same atmospheric pressure as what's below. So they speak in like the voice that you would do if you sucked in helium no the entire time. No. But there's this, this, the documentary is about this one incident when they go down there and then the weather was like really terrible and the big main boat like 
no longer was anchored in the spot and like starts drifting away and like his cord, his umbilical cord gets stuck and it's, oh my God, you have to watch it. It's so good. If you don't have claustrophobia, you would in that moment because you're basically being, it would feel like you're being abandoned. And it's pitch black. You can't see anything. Not only is the ocean scary as it is, but there's those, those noises, like the Mm. blips that people can't explain where they're coming from. And I also full on believe in mermaids. (laughs) So they're down <laughs> I'm there. Afraid of mermaids. Oh, wait, what's it called again? I'm going to watch Last it. Breath. It's really good. And it and I want to talk to you about it, but I can't say anything about it now. But it has so many themes that I think we discussed in this podcast. So I just. OK, well, I promise you by the next time we record, I will have watched it. So. Ooh. OK, good. Yeah, I'm into I'm in a documentary mood right now. Me too. I've been in one for so long. I got to watch the Cecil Hotel one still. Yeah, you got to do that. Yeah. That's it, right? Did we do it? <laughs> That's it. As much as we Where love documentaries. We? Yeah, here we are. We um we also love your stories. <laughs> so, I mean, they're basically documentaries. We just get to share the story, right? Mm-hmm. So please email us any experience. If you're a starseed, please let us know. And email them to us at twogirlsoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. And you can support us by rating and reviewing on iTunes. Do that for us. Do that for everyone else whose podcast you listen to. It's hugely helpful. Uh, and also, word of mouth is really, really big. So use a big old mouth mm-hmm. to talk about us. Please, please. This will help when in 300 years, Corinne and I are reincarnated and we're doing our whatever technology is out there version of this podcast. And someone finds 5,912 review mm-hmm. of our podcast. But we need to get to that number first. To help us. Uh, we have social media. We have Instagram, Twitter. Facebook group is very active. That's the place that you probably want to be most. Yeah, it's popping. Popping. Uh, and we have a TikTok, but we don't post any videos on it, but I still want it. I, I now use it just to watch paranormal yeah. things, which is great. Thank you to our editors, Brooke Foster and Eric Foster at Upfire Digital. We are so appreciative of you. Thank you for editing our podcast. And we will see you on the other side. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 